This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earning can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earnin today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 486. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 486. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. I'm celebrating big today because I'm recording in my house by myself, which has happened maybe two times since March. And I have to tell you, there's such a difference. So when I get to be in my house by myself recording, I am louder, more animated, more on top of my game, less distracted. It just feels totally different to me. So you have to let me know if you notice a difference in my energy or my tone, because I feel it. Because here's the deal. When I am recording with people in my household, my husband's office is right on the other side of the wall from my office. And so first of all, I'm thinking I'm probably being loud and disruptive because my family jokes about how I can't be on Zoom or a call without yelling. I'm literally not capable. It's just, it's a problem. I don't know what else to say about it. So I worry that I'm being disruptive to my husband's work process when we're in offices that share a wall. And also I feel like he's like listening and wanting to like engage or like be sassy back and be like, oh my gosh, can you tone it down with the inspiration? Or not that he like would say that in a mean way, but like in a joking way. And I think about it like the whole time. This is also why growing up, I could not practice the piano when anyone was home. 
I'm just weird this way, but I also know I'm not the only one because other people have told me they're the same. So my husband and Vinny are out of the house every Wednesday for one hour right now. And this is it. Like, this is my party time. You all are invited. We're going to have a party together every Wednesday while I record during COVID or for as long as they're out of the house during this hour. So I'm pumped up and fired up and cannot wait to dive into our conversation today. But before we do that, I want to just bring your attention to one thing from last week. So last week we had a Shameless Mom Academy first And on Wednesday, we did like a double header. We released two episodes on Wednesday because I had the opportunity to do these two super powerful and influential interviews. And the way they were connected, I thought it totally makes sense to release them on the same day and during a very specific week. So let me explain. So last Wednesday, I released an episode with Dr. Alexandra Owensby, who is running for Congress in Kentucky, and an interview with Kelly Rose, who is running for Senate in Georgia. And first of all, these are the first politicians running for Senate and Congress that I've ever had on the show. And last week, early voting, early mail-in voting opened up in both of those states. I think it's early mail-in. I know it's early voting. So I know you can vote in Kentucky and Georgia now in many other states. But I wanted to make sure that those episodes went up in the weeks that potentially we had listeners in their districts listening and making choices around voting. So if you haven't listened, here's the thing I want you to know about those two interviews is first of all, they're both phenomenal women, just like so brilliant and generous with their time. And when I first was contacted about having a political candidate on the show, I thought it would be this like really awkward scripted event because I was like, oh, well, like a politician probably has a script they have to follow. And it was so not that way. Both Alexandra and Kelly were just like, nope, whatever you want to talk about, let's do it. Like they literally had no agenda except for to just share their stories as moms and how they decided to get into politics, which was amazing to hear, which leads me to my second point on this is that with these two stories of these two moms deciding to run for office, I learned so much about what it takes. And I learned this, and I don't want this to sound dismissive, but I learned it doesn't take that much. Now, that doesn't mean that these two candidates, Alexandra and Kelly, don't have their stuff totally together to be running for these positions. But what I learned that really anyone who wants to run for political office can And then once you make that decision, you get to decide like, you know, how do you want to show up on your platform, what you want your platform to be all about. And so obviously through that process, you qualify yourself in different ways or disqualify yourself, whichever the case may be. But it's not like there's tons of hoops to jump through to be qualified to run for political office. It's not like you have to have a certain degree or a certain amount of experience in other political areas or political positions. You can just decide as a citizen that you want to run for political office. And I think that that is something that I certainly didn't know. And the process, while scary and nerve wracking, I'm sure, is not that overwhelming in terms of the steps you need to take. Like you basically, you can make the choice and then you, you know, fill out some forms. And of course, there's a handful of things that you have to do in order to get yourself on a ballot. And for sure, you have to like get some backing to get on a ballot. But beyond that, an average person from your neighborhood, like the average mom who's on the PTA and working full time and has two kids and doesn't really have any political qualifications can run for Congress or run for Senate. And I felt that to be 
so exciting and hopeful and really, really powerful. So I want you to go listen to those two episodes because I think it will just give you permission to step into leadership in new and different ways, regardless of whether or not you end up running for political office. And then of course, if you're in Georgia or Kentucky and you are still undecided on voting, by all means, go listen to those interviews. Again, Alexander Owensby is running for Congress in Kentucky and Kelly Rose is running for Senate in Georgia. So you can listen to those conversations. They're such badass women. I just want to share them with you over and over and over. So the last thing I'm going to say about that is vote. Please vote. Please, please, please vote. I saw someone post on social media recently on a post that I had put up on my personal page about voting. And they said, well, in our state, it's already determined who's going to like who the presidential candidate pick will be. So what's the point? And all these people were like, oh, my gosh, no, no, no. Like, sure, your state might already be determined to be red or blue. Like my state is I'm in Washington. We're blue. So my presidential vote doesn't carry the same amount of weight as someone in a state like Ohio or Florida, those kinds of swing states. But what I want you to remember is that voting is so much more than voting for the president. Voting for your elected local officials is so important. And here's the thing. When we vote people in at the local level, those people move up. Those become our bigger candidates. They become the people in higher offices that ultimately end up in the highest office in many cases, aside from our current presidential situation who didn't hold a political office before this. So if you look at what it means to vote local and have a voice locally, your voice has value. Your voice has value at every level. So just because you think that your state has already determined the presidential vote or is already determined in terms of the presidential vote, please consider how you are supporting your local community by showing up and voting, because that really, really matters. I know in Seattle, that's a really big deal, because while we are a very liberal city, the spectrum of liberalness is it's a big spectrum. It is a big, big spectrum. And we have some big issues around that. And it's fascinating to watch because there are big issues and big feelings and voting becomes really, really critical. Um, I'm thinking specifically around like our homelessness situation around homelessness and what that has looked like, and to see the spectrum or continuum of what people think is okay and how people think it's appropriate to be supportive or not. So many opinions, even in a very liberal space. So that's where your voice can really show up and be supportive on a local level. And that's really, really important. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue Purify have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process and their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like 
a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. It's also part of being powerful and to use your voice. It is also part of modeling this for your children. So Vinny's totally getting involved with voting with us this year. He's so excited. Our ballots should be getting here any day now. And he like totally can't wait to get involved and help. I'm putting help in quotes, but help us vote. The other thing is if you want a voting plan, Jasmine Bradshaw at the First Name Basis podcast, she put together this amazing episode. So just go to your podcast app, search for first name basis, subscribe to the show because it's amazing. But also look at her, I think it's her most recent episode that talked about how to become an informed voter. And she walks you through a four step process to like a basically your four step plan for how you're going to sit down and vote. And it's everything from like scheduling time on your calendar to sit down and fill things out and do some research to conversations with your family and partner and those kinds of things. So her process I thought was really, really great. All right. With all that said, let's talk about being connected versus actually connecting. Holy cow. (laughs) I'm laughing because, I mean, I feel like every day of my life since I joined Facebook, I guess, this has been something that's been on my mind in different ways, but it's interesting how much mind space it's now taking up. Like, it seems like it becomes more and more crucial and more and more top of mind. And more and more layered over time. And I never could have imagined the concerns I had about Facebook like a year ago versus now in a pandemic, in a cultural revolution, in an election season, like all those things. They're only becoming more 
strong and concerning. So my concerns are becoming more concerning. (laughs) But here's the thing about Facebook, social media, TikTok, whatever you use, however you're using virtual spaces, and I would include Zoom in there, is that all of them give us a major sense of connection. And I'm that's a very neutral statement. I'm not saying sense of connection like, yes, sense of connection. This is like how you're going to thrive. I'm just saying on a neutral level, this gives you a sense of connection. Now, are those connections valuable and validating and affirming and positive and healthy? Mm, I'm not sure. <laughs> and I think that there's On a day-to-day basis, on a minute-to-minute basis, that can swing in either direction. That can go from like this place where you can be connected in intimate ways and have really profound, thought-provoking interactions to the other end of the spectrum, which would be like harm and damage and pain and heartbreak and breakdown of relationships and increased risk of mental illness. And like that is the other end of the spectrum. And you can go from one end of the spectrum to the other with like one scroll, right? I know you know, like you see one thing where you're like, I've never felt so close to this person who just posted this intimate thing about their life or exposed some sort of vulnerability or whatever. And then like the next post is a relative posting some wild, wild political conspiracy theory kind of a thing that you're totally at odds with in terms of your core values. And you literally go from feeling super connected to like, how do I even have a relationship with this person in a matter of a split second? So if you haven't watched The Social Dilemma, we're in the middle of watching it. I told my husband I didn't want to watch it because I didn't want to have to be responsible for the knowledge that would come with it. (laughs) Meaning like I was like, if I find out too many things about social media and about the internet, am I going to feel like I have to stop using it? (laughs) And so we're about halfway through and I'm definitely feeling like there's some valuable lessons learned for sure. So what I want to say about being connected versus being connecting is I want you to think about how it feels. So There's a big difference between what being connected feels like and what connecting feels like. So connected is a very neutral, I mean, I feel like it could be pretty objective. Like you could say, you know, you're connected on social media, you're connected when you're in a meeting, you're connected on Zoom, most of us now versus being in person. You're connected with people in all these different ways, right? You're connected maybe on Facebook Messenger, you're connected and maybe through photo apps that you use to share photos with family members. So there's all these ways that we are connected, which is fairly objective. But if we look at like connected in terms of the health of our relationships, connected versus connecting is very different. So here's what I think about being connected. Connected often feels energy consuming. It can feel exhausting and frustrating and draining and maddening. It can instill self-doubt and fear and anger and hopelessness and powerlessness. I think it feels restrictive and disorienting and confusing at times. Connected would be things like being on social media and scrolling. That's a form of connection. Reading online articles that people are sharing. Social media commenting is a form of connection and being connected especially social media, arguing, that's being connected, and arguing with people that you don't know. So this is how we find ourselves connected sometimes right now. We're on social media, in other people's feeds, arguing with people that we don't know, and having like adverse health effects mentally and physically to these arguments. And what I mean by that is like, you can feel yourself getting angry and anxious. You can feel your blood pressure rising all because of a conversation that's happening in someone else's living room, aka their Facebook page, right? This happens all the time. I definitely find myself there. Other examples of being connected would be being connected to TV shows, especially as it relates to binging. 
connected potentially to gaming, connected to online shopping. And here's the thing with online shopping. I, especially in the last month or two, I didn't do like any online shopping aside from groceries the first couple months of the pandemic. And then in the last month or two, I've noticed that I'm starting to use online shopping a little bit as a like a reward, but with this justification that I'm helping the family. <laughs> like, well, then he really needs some new boots. So let me just get on Zappos and see what's out there. And then like also get myself some new boots. Or Vinny really needs this thing. And so I'm going to look into that and then get something else. Or like we recently, we got this new stick vacuum cleaner, which I understand many people would not be excited about, but I find new vacuum cleaners as someone who has two dogs to be very, very exciting. And so getting things like that, thinking, but I'm just helping the family, right? And so I'm not excessive about it, but there's a piece of it where online shopping can be definitely be a place where we are seeking connection and we get connected in this way that gives us this like quick dopamine hit when we buy something and then it shows up and that's really fun. I have bought some jewelry a few times during this pandemic and I'm like, where am I gonna wear this? <laughs> I bought a nude pink and orange dress, which is amazing. But again, like, where am I wearing this? Somewhere in 2022, great. <laughs> So those are different ways that we are connected. Being connected, while it can be positive, it can lead to positive, it can lead to connecting, which we'll talk about in a minute, oftentimes being connected, I think has a lot of negative connotations. But in our mind, we think this connection is for the best. This connection, reading these news articles that people are sharing, this is helping me learn more and do more and have more knowledge. So I'm going to be an informed citizen. I'm going to be an informed voter. Yes, and there's a limit. Like if you're reading 17 articles a day, that is actually no longer helpful to your process of being an informed citizen. I would say the same thing around social media scrolling right now. Yes, it's a way to be connected. And so, for example, I know that my mom loves scrolling and seeing pictures of my family on social media. She's also really good at as soon as she sees something that she doesn't like, she unfollows and unfriends. And my sister and I make fun of her because she will sometimes do this with people who she really adores and admires. But she's like, well, they posted a video I didn't like, so I stopped following. I unfriended them. And we totally laugh because we're like, we wish our boundaries were that cut and dry. We're like, we're not like that. <laughs> For Our social media is used as a little more nuanced. Now that said, there's certainly people I unfriend, unfollow, and block all the time. But if it's like my dear friend who posts like one video that I find to be just a little bit annoying, like I'm probably going to let that slide. So I think it's funny, different people's boundaries, but I totally appreciate that my mom is like, yeah, I don't have time for that. <laughs> She's so particular about what she wants to see in her feed, which I actually think is really valuable because it allows her to use that connection in a way that is validating and affirming and positive and healthy. So when we look at being connected to TV shows and gaming and the internet in ways outside of social media, online shopping, again, it feels like it serves a purpose. It feels like there's a sense of connection, like I'm doing something, I'm participating, I'm contributing, I'm engaged. When the reality is most of this is numbing. So social media scrolling, that's numbing. News overconsumption is numbing. Commenting on other people's threads, I'm not going to say that that's numbing, but it is an escape for sure. It's an escape from dealing with your own junk when you have to get real involved in someone else's conversation. <laughs> Obviously, TV shows, binging, gaming, online shopping, all of that can be numbing, right? So these things in small doses can be fine and healthy and contribute to a happier place. But in larger doses, they give a false sense of connection and keep us feeling very busy and engaged 
when the reality is we're actually missing out on the life that is happening around us. We're missing out on busyness and productivity and engagement that could be happening in our own household. We're missing out on conversations with people that we live with in person. And I know you're probably thinking you don't really need any more conversations with the people that you live at in person when you've been quarantined for seven months, but we're missing out on in-person engagement when we have this false sense of connection in the online space. So let's talk about connecting. What does connecting look like? And here's where I want you to challenge yourself because I think that there's a lot of talk out there about the being feeling connected and that false sense of connection. What is the talk around connecting? How do we actually connect when we're in a pandemic? How do we actually connect when we're really supposed to be limiting social interaction right now? And we're supposed to be limiting a lot of the ways that we would show up in intimate relationships. And by intimate relationships, I don't mean like in marriages exclusively. I also mean like with our closest friends and our closest family members and those kinds of things. So let's look at connecting. Connecting feels restorative. So connected can feel very energy consuming and exhausting. Connecting feels restorative. It feels regenerative. It feels freeing. It feels open hearted. It feels intentional. So there's like a liberation that comes with it. Like, oh my gosh, it feels so good to connect with you. And if you've had that in quarantine, like, you know, I've had this a couple of times with opportunity to be around girlfriends with masks on six feet apart, but to be able to like be in an in-person conversation with a girlfriend, oh my gosh, it's like my heart immediately opens. I feel like a whole new person and it feels so, so great. So these moments of connecting can be joyful and joy-filled. They feel expansive. And here's the thing, whereas being connected in ways that are not purposeful and positive can instill doubt and fear and anger and hopelessness and powerlessness, connecting instills hope and power and gratitude and clarity and vision. This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly, Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue, and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him, and it was getting kind of like icky, and you know, like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches, and then they want to pick at it, and it was getting worse. And so Active Skin Repair showed up on my doorstep (laughs) as a result of the sponsorship, and I got to put it to use immediately. And I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect. So Vinny does not like ointmenty, creamy, lotiony things on his body, but I was able to get out the spray, literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived, put it on his toe before he went to bed. And the next morning he was like, mom, my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? 
Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Ko, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. So in the places where I have been connecting, that is where I am finding hope and power in days and times and phases that feel hope, where I feel an overwhelming sense of hopelessness and powerlessness. In those situations where I am connecting, I'm feeling overwhelming gratitude and also a ton of clarity and vision around what really matters and what do I want to be building for myself and how do I want to be showing up? Because there's this expansiveness of being in that more intimate setting and actually connecting with someone that feels really, really good. And it really opens up the like, I don't know, this is like the neurological pathways, <laughs> like it opens up the pathways for you to be conscientious of what you want your life to be, even in a time when you don't have a lot of control over a lot of things. So let's talk about some examples of connecting. What are some examples of what connecting actually looks like? So connecting looks like in-person conversations, <laughs> And I'm not at all saying like, invite all the people over to your house, but like, where can you be having in-person conversations? And I'm going to give a caveat and a backup option to this as well. But where can you be having in-person conversations that can fuel your soul? So could this be meeting up at a park, being socially distanced? Could this be meeting up in an outdoor covered space if you're in a place where it's rainy, wet, or cold? Could this be going for a walk? Again, masks on, socially distanced, like all the things. But where are the ways that you can be connected in person for conversations that will fill you up? Now, outside of like people outside of your household, where are you having in-person conversations in your household or with the people who are in your bubble as well that are really like intentional and thoughtful and not just ships passing in a night kind of thing. So we'll talk about that in, in a minute because there's in-person conversations that we're missing the opportunity to be in within our own households because we take for granted that we're home with everyone for every single moment of every single day right now. And then there's in-person conversations outside of our households. Now, there's also like in my situation, my mom doesn't live near me and also she's 82 and visiting her right now feels very high risk. But we talk every Sunday, every single Sunday between 4 and 5 p.m. I call her with a glass. I'm holding a glass of wine. She has a glass of wine. We have a glass of wine. We chat. We usually end up chatting for an hour. It's funny because many times I'll be like, I probably don't have that much to talk about tonight. Like we'll probably only talk for like 20 minutes. It always ends up being an hour. (laughs) But we have these great conversations. So in the absence of being able to meet in person, we're having a conversation on FaceTime. And that has been really, really awesome. I mean, we've been doing that for now a few years. We were doing that before quarantine, but it's even more life-giving now because I'm having so few conversations that are face-to-face conversations that are in those intimate settings that that is a really, really powerful one. Another is using the Marco Polo app for video messaging. And so this has been a really powerful way for me to connect with friends, girlfriends, colleagues during this time because it's a video thing. So you're actually seeing people and it feel it has that sense of like showing up in an actual conversation. 
So that feels really good. And then of course, Zoom and not just using Zoom. You know, I know if you're on Zoom all day for work, the last thing you want to do is then like get on Zoom with a girlfriend in the evening or a family member. But if you are not having to be on Zoom all the time for work, you could, that's also another platform that you could leverage to be, and Zoom is free. There is a free option for it. And so using that as a way to be connecting and have face-to-face conversations. I think that conversations where it's you and one other person, or maybe it's two or three other people, but those small intimate conversations, they go such a long way right now. And every time, I mean, I feel like I'm in a position probably where I'm able to have an in-person conversation with a girlfriend like once a month right now. And oh my goodness, every time I'm like, that was amazing. When can we do it again? (laughs) It just feels really, really, really good. And so don't underestimate how powerful that can be and how much you should prioritize that in whatever way feels appropriate and safe for you. Number two, another means of connecting. This is actually connecting alone. So being in nature and if there's ways that you can connect in, or connect alone with yourself in your household, by all means do that. But for me, there's not a lot of places to be isolated <laughs> in my household right now with people here all the time because of COVID. And so instead, where can you be connecting in nature to have that time alone to listen inward? So can you be walking? Can you be running? Can you be going for a bike ride? Can you be sitting outside? So what this has looked like for me over the past handful of months is lots of walking originally. When quarantine first started, oh my gosh, I was like walking like two or three times a day just like to get a break for 15, 20 minutes. As weather got better and through the summer, I did a lot of sitting outside by myself to eat lunch. So Vinny would often eat lunch before me. So either he and I would sit outside together and eat lunch and have some time in nature and in-person conversation, which was actually really fun. But then days when he ate earlier than me, I would just go sit outside by myself and sit in the sun and just like feel the sun on my body and just sit with my own thoughts for 20 minutes. And it was like meditative for me. So where can you be alone to be connecting with yourself? Because this connection that feels restorative and regenerative and freeing and open-hearted and expansive and instills vision and clarity, all the things we talked about in connecting, that also pertains to how you're connecting with yourself. And it is really hard to be in that space to have the opportunity to connect with yourself when you are in a household of people who never leave. Number three, some of you are going to roll your eyes at this one, but family meals. (laughs) How about some family meals? I will tell you, we got a little lazy over the summer with lots of watching, eating in front of the TV. And it started with like ending up binge watching a show with Vinny. We were watching Master Chef or Master Chef Junior. And it started with binging that. And then we were like, I don't know, it's just kind of easy to eat in front of the TV. Like, it was one of those things where you're like, you only live in a pandemic once kind of a thing. Well, we got to this point where we were like, okay, first of all, or we're eating dinner in the basement around the TV and the basement's becoming disgusting and the carpet is getting totally ruined. But on top of that, we're like, this is really not valuable. Like we're actually not having any family time where the three of us are in conversation together. And so we've totally reined in the TV dinner time, which is now since September, we've reined it in. And now it's like a special like once a week kind of a thing. And then we're back to having family meals. Now, I know, I know, I know that family meals are not always the most fun, but they're really valuable. (laughs) They're really valuable ways and opportunities for connecting. So I highly recommend, even if you don't do it every night, on a somewhat regular basis that makes sense for you and your family, having shared family meals with conversation instead of television. 
we have found this to be so beneficial. And it also, I'm not going to lie, like it actually teaches our child how to have social skills. <laughs> because otherwise, I mean, the social skills became real questionable when we were eating dinner in front of the TV every night. So it's a really great time to practice social skills and that we find to be really valuable in the absence of many other opportunities to do that. So that's number three. Number four is intentional conversations with your partner. And so this, I think, and I mentioned this already, that I just think that this is something we really take for granted when we're living with someone and we're constantly with them in quarantine. So I want you to think about when are you having intentional conversations with your partner? And my husband did a really great job with this a couple weeks ago. There was something that we had been wanting to work around with Vinny's schedule for the fall. And we kind of kept like talking about it in abstract ways, but not totally implementing anything and definitely not getting totally on the same page about everything. And then we were like bickering about it because we had different understandings of what we had agreed upon and blah, blah, blah. So my husband was like, hey, I'm inviting you to a meeting with me on Saturday at one o'clock. And he literally like sent out a Google calendar invite. He's like, Saturday at one o'clock, Vinny can play Minecraft. We are going to sit down and talk about this and we're going to figure it out. And we did. And it was so great. And it was such a relief because we were both able to say like, okay, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm thinking. Let's put it together. What works? And then we told, we had Vinny come in and we were like, okay, Vinny. Here's what the schedule is going to look like. And we gave him options within it. We were like, in this time of day, like you're going to be working on this. Do you want it to look like A or B? And then he got to pick. Oh my gosh, it was so helpful to have an intentional conversation rather than just trying to guess at each other's expectations and then being real annoyed, which was probably more me than my husband, if we're being honest, but like feeling really frustrated about a problem that you had never taken the initiative to fix. So I so appreciated him just saying like, no, we're meeting Saturday at one and we're going to figure this out. That really, really helped. We also have had in time intentional conversations after Vinny goes to bed to be like, okay, after bedtime, let's talk about XYZ so that we both don't get lost in TV or forget about things or get like consumed by the dogs and all the stuff that can happen in the evening. That instead we're like, okay, we're going to sit down and have an intentional conversation about these two or three things or one thing or whatever. Super, super helpful. Number five is family meetings. So we started doing family meetings, oh my gosh, was it like a year and a half ago? And we have not done a great job of keeping up on them in quarantine. And by not doing a great job, I mean, we haven't done them at all. <laughs> but we brought back that family meeting last week and we're having more family conversations at dinner. And between those two things, oh my gosh, we are like so on the same page. And I will say my child's behavior, because expectations are so clear, his behavior is like 1 million times better. He knows what flies. He knows what's allowed. He knows what the expectations are. He knows what the schedule is. It's just made such a big difference. So I have talked about family meetings before, but like a simple, simple way to do a family meeting is have it like every weekend at the same time talk about. So we used to do it in the format of like, here's what's going to be for dinner every night. And people got to kind of give input on that. Here's what's going to here. It used to be like, here's the nights that mom might have a meeting or be out of town. Now it's like, here's the nights that mom has a zoom call, but just making sure everyone's on the same page with what's going on on the calendar. And then asking if there's anything else, if there's anything else you want to bring up at the family meeting. So like, of course the kids are going to be like, Oh my gosh, can we get a puppy? <laughs> and because it's a pandemic, you might say yes, <laughs> like we did. So, but having like a really simple structure, but just a time to come together to be like, this is the week ahead of us. And how do we want to make it a great week? And what is it going to look like? And some specifics. This is also really helpful if you have a child like mine who tends to run a little anxious about how things are going to look from week to week. This can be really helpful. Last thing, number six, sixth way of connecting is family getaways. 
Okay, we have done this a few times in COVID. Going to an Airbnb, we went one time to a hotel that had, or no, we've done two times to hotels that have like outside entrances. So, you know, still being as careful as we can and driving in one to two hours to be somewhere away from our house. And here's what we know in our family. We know, I know about myself that I don't relax and let go of what I quote unquote should be doing unless I'm out of my house. So if I'm at home, I'm thinking about like, well, I should clean that, organize that, work on that project or be working on the podcast and my business. Or like, I always have this list of like things to do. If we go away, I disengage from all of that. I shut that off and pretty easily shut it all off. So this is really, really important for our family. My husband is somewhat similar to that. And when we do getaways, there's just more fun things for Vinny to do that are outside the norm. So whether it's being able to swim in the ocean or swim in a lake or get in a hot tub or being able to go on a hike or a bike ride in a different place, all those things, those are all really, really fun things. And so at least for my child and family. So having family getaways has been really helpful. And if you think about the money that you maybe aren't spending on traditional vacations, doing a little weekend here or there, or even a day trip. I know a number of people who have just been doing day trips with their kids, especially like in Washington, we have the whole ferry system, like just doing a quick ferry ride somewhere than to go on a hike, which takes like a whole entire day, if you want to take up a whole day, which can be great, because it like gives you something to do for the whole day to be totally connecting the whole day and get yourselves off of your devices and in a place where you're having conversation. And that can be really powerful as well. So that's the difference between connected versus connecting. I want you to think about how are you connected and what does that feel like to you? Is it consuming your energy and exhausting and frustrating and draining you? Is it instilling self-doubt and fear and anger and hopelessness and powerlessness? Is it restrictive and disorienting? I know social media can be really disorienting to me because I get so frustrated by it. So if you're in that place where those connected places are not feeling good, where can you find places to be connecting? where you feel that you're in situations where you're connecting and it feels restorative and regenerative and freeing and open-hearted and intentional and joy-filled and expansive and it instills hope and power and gratitude and clarity and vision. So if you know of a mama who's not feeling very connected right now, send her this episode and be like, I want you to listen to this and then I wanna connect with you. How can we make that happen and figure out a way to connect? That's my homework for you today. Cheers to connecting versus being connected as we move through the end of this election season and into the rest of 2020. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. 
Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.